Well, is Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan today or not? The White House National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby was asked about that visit to Taiwan, and this is what he had to say. The world has seen the United States government be very clear that nothing has changed. Nothing has changed about our one China policy, which is, of course, guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint U.S. PRC communiques, and the six assurances. We have said... We have repeatedly said that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence. And we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. Okay, despite all of that, though, China has voiced displeasure, quite a bit of it, with the idea of the U.S. House Speaker visiting Taiwan. In fact, this visit, if it does happen, means that she's the highest-ranking elected U.S. official to visit Taiwan in more than 25 years. Meanwhile, in Taiwan, though, that visit is anticipated. The three largest national newspapers, all citing unidentified sources, say that she will arrive in Taipei today, as a matter of fact. And Beijing is not happy about that. So let's talk about the consequences of this, what all of this means. Joining us now is Akshay Singh, non-resident research fellow at the Council on International Policy. Thank you so much for being with us on this. Thanks for having me on, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How significant is the potential for this? Uh, the potential for the visit is quite significant in terms of just uh, the the level of uh, someone of Pelosi stature visiting Taiwan. But as you pointed out, it's not unprecedented. Uh, Newt Gingrich visited Taiwan. 1997, but it's a very different China than 1997, very different Asia. So the meaning for having Nancy Pelosi there now is is different as well. And we know that China has expressed displeasure about this. There were threats of even shooting her plane down. What are the chances that China will have, you know, have some kind of risky behavior about this? I mean, it's notoriously difficult to predict the behavior of the Politburo, but my honest sense is that the risk of all-out war over uh, Speaker Pelosi's visit is low. Um, I don't think the Chinese government is prepared to start a shooting war across the Taiwan Strait for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, the Chinese military is actually largely untested. The last time they had an actual conflict with a state, realistically, was Vietnam in the 70s. Uh, and U.S. military, even though it is not as perhaps strength as strong as it was before, and the Chinese military has strengthened since then, um, it's, it's quite a force to be reckoned with. And starting a war across the Taiwan Strait now um, would have really strong repercussions on international markets. The Chinese economy isn't exactly doing that well. Uh, politically speaking, it could be risky for the Chinese government. There's a few very important meetings happening this year. Uh, and I'm not sure the Chinese government would start a conflict unless they 100% knew they could win it without a significant economic or political cost. So in my sense, actual military conflict is low, but there are other things they could do. And they have started doing actually within the last 12 hours. Like what other things? Um, so, you know, they've initially, according to some Taiwanese media, started to restrict Taiwanese imports into the mainland. Uh, economic coercion is quite, you know, a common trait. We saw this happen with Canada with uh, when we arrested uh, Meng Wanzhou, they restricted canola imports. Doing the same with Taiwan, they've done with them in the past as well. Uh, Taiwanese agriculture depends on the Chinese market significantly. 
apparently, um, you know, a Chinese mega tech company called Sina Weibo or Sina rather has been restricting service in Taiwan as well. Uh, there are quite a few Sino users in Taiwan, not as much as in the mainland, obviously, but pretty significant for a private company to perhaps block users from Taiwan from using their service. And there have been, you know, military drills and buzzing of uh, the AIDS line, those kinds of things happening. So I think you'll continue to see those happening even after potentially Speaker Pelosi leaves with more economic kind of efforts to try and punish Taiwan and raise the cost so that they don't do something like this again or don't extend the invitation like this again. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that then. So what is the benefit or so why would the U.S. do this at this time? There are a couple of things that I think the U.S. could do. Uh, one of the reasons why they're doing this, first of all, I mean, they have restructured their entire foreign policy in Asia to be focused towards the Indo-Pacific. Um, this is something that, uh, you know, has been going on for a few years now, but uh, they have really shifted their attention to try and build multilateral relations in the region to help essentially counter China's rise to some extent, but to also be more present in the region uh, and to be able to uh, rebuild relations that have kind of festered and, and broken off after a long time. Uh, Taiwan is an important partner in that space, and it's important for the U.S. government to build relations again with Taiwan and to reassure them that they will protect a democracy in the future if there actually is a shooting war. Right, because it does feel like this is, um, was it necessary for the U.S. to do this at this time, knowing that it would provoke China in this way? I think it's a challenge uh, to say whether or not it's a good time. I don't think there's ever really a good time to go visit Taiwan, especially for a very senior stakeholder from the U.S. government. Um, the challenge here is that, you know, Speaker Pelosi is in the region going to other places. Right. Um, and it's a good opportunity for her to do so in a way that actually makes sense. If she just went to Taiwan by herself and just to Taiwan, I think it would be even more problematic. I think the fact that she's going to like Malaysia, Singapore, other countries in the region, it makes it a bit easier to say, hey, we're also visiting Taiwan as part of our commitment. Right. Because I think people get very nervous, actually, with a story like this right now, just given what we've seen happening in Russia and Ukraine and how, you know, for leading up to that, people said, oh, there's no way. There's no way Russia will do that. And then they did. Yeah, I think um, Russia and China, like, they're similar in some ways, but also very different. Um, you know, uh, Taiwan is not really like Ukraine in the sense that, yes, there are some parallels um, in the sense that both Russia and uh, China have made claims to Ukraine and Taiwan separately, uh, you know, respect, uh, respectively. But um, the Chinese are not as perhaps uh, willing, in my opinion, to go to a fully all-out armed conflict as much as the Russians are, I think, personally, because a their international economic structure depends to a large extent on the West. They have been trading with the West for a long time. A lot of their exports go to the West. Uh, they develop, they depend on Western technology and exchanging research and science with Western companies as well as Western countries. Um, and, you know, uh, their economic markets depend on the West as well. Russia, to a large extent, was a supplier for the West as opposed to perhaps an economic partner. Um, they have natural resources. They can, you know, they have some a level of self-subsistence uh, when it comes to their economy. Not saying that it's going well for them, despite, you know, given the sanctions. But China is in a different state economically. And my, my personal sense is that um, to start a conflict with the U.S. directly and to perhaps trigger some security relationships which already exist in the Pacific, 
is not necessarily in China or the world's interest. And I think the Chinese leadership knows that, especially given they have some very important political meetings coming up this year. And we might see Xi Jinping stay on for a third uh, third term, which is not necessarily something we would have expected after Mao's you know, tenure. Uh, so all that said, I do think the situations are different. I think the stakes are different. And I think China has a lot more to suffer from attacking Taiwan than Russia, perhaps, from what we saw in the Ukraine. Right. Well, the world is certainly watching. Actually, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on, Sydney. Take care.